Good evening, my friends, and welcome back to 62 Horror Movies with Josh Hitchens, that's me, where I will be your host for a creepy double feature every night throughout the month of October. Come join me, won't you? My friends, it is October 9th, and tonight we are going to watch what I think are the two best haunted house movies ever made. We are going to start off with The Haunting, directed by Robert Wise and released in 1963. And then our second feature of the night will be The Legend of Hell House directed by John Howe, released in 1973. So, The Haunting is, of course, based on the novel The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson, released in 1959, and it is, I don't think anyone would argue, the best haunted house novel ever written. Um... Shirley Jackson was inspired to write The Haunting of Hill House when she was reading accounts of the various investigations of Borley Rectory, um, once called the most haunted house in England, um, which is a story all unto itself. Uh, My podcast, Going Dark Theater, I actually did a two-part episode about the haunting of Borley Rectory, and those episodes are in the first season, and they're called The Tale of the Faceless Nun. Uh, So go check out my podcast, Going Dark Theater, uh, for those episodes if you want to hear about the history of Borley Rectory itself, which is fascinating. Uh, And... Shirley Jackson was fascinated by it, and she was interested in the idea of these people from all different walks of life walking into what's supposed to be the most haunted house in the world, and what they experienced there, both paranormal and personal, the things it revealed about their personalities and their past traumas and histories. Um... So, she created her own haunted house. Uh, Shirley Jackson was a believer in ghosts, and she found a picture in a magazine of uh, an old Victorian house out in California that she thought looked exactly like what she thought Hill House, her haunted house, would look like. And she um, told her mother to go research the house because her mother lived in California. Shirley Jackson lived in New England. Um, and Shirley Jackson's mother told her that that house that she'd picked out, the spookiest house she could imagine, had actually been built by her own great-great-great-grandfather, who was an architect. Um, a very creepy coincidence. Um, so, The Haunting, the 1963 film based on The Haunting of Hill House, had everything going for it in its source material, and it thankfully received the great adaptation in film that it deserved. The screenplay was written by a man named Nelson Gidding, 
And it's a great screenplay. Um, but when he read The Haunting of Hill House, he saw it in a very interesting way. He saw the book as the story of uh, being inside the mind of a mentally ill woman, Eleanor Vance. Um, that the house was really a hospital. The other people in the house with her were actually her doctors. <clears throat> the terrible loud thumping sounds that are heard in the night were actually shock treatments that it's, you know, it's all in this woman's head. And Nelson Gidding went to meet with Shirley Jackson and asked her if that was a reading of the novel that she had intended when she wrote it. And Shirley Jackson said, no, not at all. But it's a damn good idea. Um, and you, you don't see that framing device in the film The Haunting that was finally made. But that idea is very much there and is there, I think, in Jackson's novel that there is always that ambiguity that is there something haunting Hill House or is Eleanor just going mad? Um, or is it both things? Uh, the Haunting was filmed by Robert Wise, uh, who won an Oscar for his uh, for co-directing the uh, movie version of West Side Story, uh, which is a terrible, terrible movie, um, and also directed The Sound of Music uh, with Julie Andrews. Uh, so knowing that, it's kind of surprising to find him directing a movie like The Haunting, but he does it brilliantly. It is an impeccably directed movie. Um, and Robert Wise later said that The Haunting was his favorite and most fun filmmaking experience that he ever had. And you can really tell, like, it's just such, such an enjoyable film. And when you have a haunted house story, the thing that you want to know that you're always waiting to get to is what is the backstory? How did this house become haunted in the first place? And the haunting of 1963 gives you that thing you want most right at the beginning in the opening credits like this. That's the MGM lion, sorry. some people call haunted is like an undiscovered country waiting to be explored hill house had stood for 90 years and might stand for 90 more silence lay steadily against the wood and stone of hill house and whatever walked there walked alone So really great and sensibly uh, uses the immortal line from Shirley Jackson's first paragraph of The Haunting of Hill House. Silence lay steadily against the wood and stone of Hill House and whatever walked there walked alone. Um, and after the end and the opening credits roll and you see Hill House in silhouette, this sort of jagged monstrosity against this cloudy dark sky. And it's not until the very end of the opening credits that you imagine the, the full moon comes up and you see the exterior of Hill House finally um, illuminated all craggy. 
Um, it's a really, really effective way to begin to show this haunted house. And then immediately following the opening credits, what you get is uh, narration from uh, Dr. Markway, uh, renamed from Dr. Montague, as he is in Jackson's novel for reasons I don't know uh, why. Um, uh, who is played by Richard Johnson, um, Royal Shakespeare Company actor, really great great in this movie and he does a lovely job of narrating the spooky history of hill house from its very beginnings to the present day and he is wanting to rent the house to conduct um sort of a psychic experiment to try and find out if ghosts are real and only two people answer um his ad and uh, come, Eleanor Vance, played by Julie Harris. Julie Harris, uh, a famous method actor. She won five Tony Awards for Best Actress in a Play, which has never been equaled by anybody. Um, and she's perfect for Eleanor Vance. She was, as I said, a method actor, but she also happened to be going through a really severe bout of depression during the time she was making this movie. And she also didn't agree with Robert Wise on how she should play Eleanor, but she thought it was her job to do what the director wanted, so she played it how he wanted her to. Um, and she said sometimes she would um, cry before getting in the makeup chair in the morning. And she gives such a vulnerable layered performance as Eleanor Vance in The Haunting. Um, she's someone you really sympathize with, and there are these moments where she lets herself go and is, lets herself have fun, and moments when she really as strongly asserts herself, and you see the person that's been buried under all this trauma for all these years. And the the emotional journey that the character of Eleanor Vance undertakes in The Haunting is an extremely complex one, and it could easily become one note, just sort of a, hys a hysteric crying and screaming all the time. But Julie Harris is a far better actor than that, and she gives this role so much nuance. It is Her performance is a huge reason why it is a success as a movie. Um, uh, also, the other guest who comes is Theodora, uh, who also goes by Theo, um, who is a lesbian clairvoyant um, and is specifically played as such, which is very refreshing for 1963. Um, and she's played by Claire Bloom, um, also noted Shakespearean actor, um, most famous Shakespearean role on film was probably playing Lady Anne to Laurence Olivier's Richard III um, when she when she was very young. Uh, so it's fun to watch her there, uh, watch her as Lady Anne and Richard III, and then watch her here uh, as Theodora. Um, also, terrific performance. Um, Claire Bloom was such a beautiful. Is she's still alive? Um, is such a beautiful woman and is also so strong and she gives this sensuality to the movie but you also feel her 
immense intellect at every turn and she doesn't give in to any of sort of the acting stereotypes that you think of when you know people play psychics um she she does it she plays it for real um she's really great um making up the rest of the party that investigates hill house and the haunting is um, the nephew of the owner of the house. Um, his name is Luke Sanderson, played by Russ Tamblin. Uh, Russ Tamblin played Riff in uh, Robert Wise and Jerome Robbins' film of West Side Story. Um, he did not want to do this movie, um, but the studio forced him, and then he later said that he um, actually thought this was one of the best roles he ever had in film, and, he, and he's really right like he gets to be you know really funny and all and smarmy but also charming um and finally terrified uh russ tamblin actually had an experience had a paranormal experience while he was making this movie the mansion that they filmed it at had a graveyard in back because of course it did as all haunted houses do um and he was walking past the graveyard after filming was done, and he said that he that he saw a ghost, um, and things happened he couldn't explain. Uh, Russ Tamblin is also, I must mention, probably most well known today as playing uh, Doctor Jacoby in all the iterations of Twin Peaks, created by David Lynch and Mark Frost. And Russ Tamblin also turns up uh, in a cameo as Eleanor's psychiatrist in the Netflix series The Haunting of Hill House, directed by Mike Flanagan, which is a radical re-envisioning of um, Shirley Jackson's material, but I think justifiably so. Uh, works very, very well. Um, also very creepy in this movie is Rosalie Crutchley plays Mrs. Dudley, the housekeeper, who gets to say Jackson's immortal lines, you know, no one lives any nearer than town, no one will come any nearer than that, no one could hear you if you scream in the night, in the dark. Um, and then she smiles after she says that, which is such an interesting choice and somehow makes it creepier. Um... So, uh, the thing that makes The Haunting great, the thing that I think makes it the most, the best haunted house movie ever made, is its restraint and how legitimately terrifying it is in its restraint. The Haunting is a movie where you never see what The Haunting is. You hear many things, characters feel things, you see things happen that should not logically be happening, like a wooden door bulging, um, impossibly. Uh, but you never see the ghost. And it is, I think, the movie that does that that thing best, where you don't show what, what the horror is. Um, the Haunting does that so well and is somehow even more vivid for it. Like, I remember... The first time I watched this movie was like I think on a Sunday, sunny Sunday afternoon, some summer when I was a kid. And this movie absolutely scared me to death. I was very, very shaken after it, and it was bright light out. Uh, so I hope The Haunting does the same for you. 
Uh, we'll pause now and then come back for our second feature of the night. Morning. My people tell me you're one of the best five in your field. Your fee will be 100,000 pounds. Your assignment to establish the facts. Regarding what? Survival after death. You want me to let me know if it's factual? How could I convince you either way? Give me the facts. Now, where can I find these facts? I'm a physicist. The 20 years I've studied parapsychology, I've yet if to... If they exist, you'll find them in the only place I know on Earth, where survival has yet to be refuted. The Belasco House. Hell House. Hell House. That is the beginning of The Legend of Hell House, uh, directed by John Howe, uh, who also directed another one of my favorite horror movies that we'll get to uh, later on in the month, uh, and released in 1973. And The Legend of Hell House, I think, is the second best haunted house movie that ever made. Um, kind of a spiritual sequel to The Haunting in a lot of ways. Um, which I'll talk about in a bit. Uh, but I think The Legend of Hell House has is kind of a forgotten movie, which I think is such a shame because I think it is enormously effective, very legitimately scary and disturbing uh, in lots of different interesting ways. Um, but The Legend of Hell House had the misfortune to be released in 1973, which is the year that The Exorcist was released. And that ate up everything. Um, so all other movie, horror movies made in 1973 kind of got lost. Uh, and The Legend of Hell House is based on the novel Hell House uh, by Richard Matheson, legendary horror author. Um, and... Hell House, like Shirley Jack by Richard Matheson, like Shirley Jackson's *The Haunting of Hill House*, is a amazingly good novel. Pro I would put them up there as the two greatest haunted house novels, the ones that are the most influential. And um, Matheson's *Hell House* is take Shirley Jackson Jackson's basic concept of, you know, um, people of various backgrounds going to investigate, um, as it is put in Hell House, the Mount Everest of haunted houses, and the story of what happens to them once, all the bad things that happen to them once they get into the house and the ghosts start having their way with them. Um, but what Richard Matheson does in Hell House is he takes that concept, he really ramps up the paranormal events in um, Hell House. There is a lot of ghostly activity, some of it very violent, um, and uh, he just makes it a whole lot darker. The backstory to the Belasco house and how it became haunted is kind of out of some Marquis de Sade. Um, and it's going along with that much, much more sexual. Um, this is, you know, a novel and a movie where one of the characters has sex with a ghost, which I don't know if that was the first time anyone ever <clears throat> did that in a work of fiction. Um, 
but it must it must be one of the first. I don't know for sure. I'll have to investigate that. Um, Hell House is a great book. Um, Richard Matheson also wrote the screenplay for The Legend of Hell House, and obviously being a movie being made 1973 had to tone down a lot of the sexuality that is dark, dark sexuality that is present in the novel. Um, but it's still there in, in the film. Like, there's still very much that, that um, sort of disturbing eroticism uh, running all through it, uh, which is interesting. And like The Haunting, which I think succeeds because it starts right off with a bang. Like, you get the story of why the house is haunted, you know, right after the opening credits. The Legend of Hell House, very similarly, is a movie that does not waste any time. Um, before the, by the time the opening credits are done, you have been introduced to all the main characters, and they are all standing um, in the front foyer of the Belasco House, the Mount Everest of haunted houses. Um, so it's just so wonderfully written and directed how it just starts off with a bang and like the credits end and like, all right, we are here. Um, <clears throat> some, re uh, everyone's really, really great, uh, in this movie as, uh, far as acting goes. Um, Clive Revel as Dr. Lionel Barrett, um, who believes that he has a scientific cure, uh, for hauntings, uh, his, Wife Anne, played by Gail Honeycutt, um, who has an interesting storyline I won't spoil. Um, you have Pamela Franklin as Florence Tanner, who is um, a, a, a psychic as well. Um, and Pamela Franklin was a great, great actor who kind of became forgotten, unfortunately. Um, she is in the prime of Miss Jean Brody, the movie that won Maggie Smith her first Oscar. And in that movie, Pamela Franklin is basically, like, other than Maggie Smith as Jean Brody, the main character. Um, and Pamela Franklin goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Maggie Smith in the prime of Miss Jean Brody. She was not nom nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress, and I don't know why, because she was incredible in it. Um, and she's really great in The Legend of Hell House as Florence. Uh, she was in several other horror movies in the 1970s and then started doing, um, guest spots in television. And she said that after that, people stopped thinking of her as a movie actor. So her career kind of ended. Um, but she's a wonderful, wonderful actor. Um, highly recommend checking out her work, especially in the prime of Miss Jean Brody, if you've never seen it. Also, Maggie Smith, no-brainer. Um, and then you have Roddy McDowell as Benjamin Fisher, who is the only, um, he's the only survivor of the previous, um, a sort of psychic expedition into the Belasco house where eight people died and Ben survived and has been traumatized by the experience ever since, but has come back to the Belasco house for a second time. 
Uh, and he is the one who gives us a the history of the house, again, quite early in the movie. And here's a little bit of it to whet your appetite. What did he do to make this house so evil, Mr. Fisher? Drug addiction, alcoholism, sadism, bestiality, mutilation, murder, vampirism, necrophilia, cannibalism, not to mention a gamut of sexual goodies. Shall I go on? How did it end? If it had ended, we would not be here. Ooh. Uh, and then uh, you learn you learn more as the movie goes on. Um, yeah, Roddy McDowell, um, probably his other really famous and equally great um, horror movie performance is as the vampire hunting horror host Peter Vincent in the 1980s classic vampire movie Fright Night, which I'm going to cheat and recommend that you should watch if you've never seen it it's a wonderful wonderful um mo- horror movie from the 80s with uh just lots and lots of fun and roddy mcdowell is always a professional um he is great in this movie um it's kind of an interesting different part for him in that he's very very restrained you know he's a character who's so afraid and so locked inside himself uh and the journey that he takes throughout the legend of hell house is really interesting um this movie really gives you kind of all the the haunted house movie effects that you'd want like there's there's a creepy seance that happens there's like um possessed black cat that um, plays a significant part in this film there's possession um there is a spectacular scene um where everyone's having dinner and then everything just goes crazy with poltergeist activity which is really impressive uh still impressive um, now as it was back in 1973. So I highly recommend The Legend of Hell House. I think it is a forgotten gem. I think it is almost as good as The Haunting from 1963 is. And like Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House, I highly recommend you read Richard Matheson's novel Hell House as well. So now sit back and watch The Legend of Hell House, and we'll come back and close out the night. My friends, thank you for joining me for another night of our 62 horror movies with Josh Hitchens. That's me. Tomorrow night, I'm feeling like an amicus anthology night. We are going to watch Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, made in 1965, and The House That Dripped Blood, made in 1971. Both movies released by Amicus Studios. Until then, my friends, I wish you pleasant dreams, and as always, a very happy Halloween.